Welcome back to another crypto catch up. I'm your host Ted, and I'm joined by the Pavliciously Pav Hundal. How you doing, mate? It's good, mate. I need to do the intro so you can stop doing that. <laughs> uh, Pav, I've noticed you've got a new shirt on. Is that have you going on a shopping spree or something? Yeah, bull market. You know, that's it, mate. It's been good. You making cash? Uh, making something. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, we'll learn about that in just a sec. <laughs> <laughs> I think we will. Um, guys, I wanted to touch off on our Spotify wrapped for the year. We got some interesting insights from some of our listeners and episodes and things like that. Oh, I thought you were about to say what we got. What do you mean? Like, you know, you get your own reports. I thought you were about to ask me what my report was. Oh, I don't but care about that. That's good. Because I was going to just say it's the Wiggles at the moment. So yeah, yeah, of course. Boring. Of yeah. course. Not, not for the kids, just for you. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, okay. Um, alrighty, moving on. <laughs> so our top episode for the year was our uh, 2023 predictions episode. Oh, yeah? Any surprises there, you reckon? Uh, well, who could have predicted that? Oh, uh, well done. Yeah. I think if we just start putting predictions in the title of every episode, we and might we actually point, just... point to them with our mouths open going, oh. <gasps> Yeah, yeah, we need some more juicy thumbnails. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, our most shared episode was our episode with the boys from Investified. Yeah, nice. So, well, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll go for any excuse to have those blokes on again. We'll have to have them on again. They're always good fun. Yep. Pav, what's happening with the market? What's not happening? Mate, big news. Big news. We've Bitcoin um, over 40K. Tell Bitcoin, us about it. Bitcoin over 40K. So yeah, last week we left off in the weeds down here on the chart that I've got open. So yeah, under 40K, we were compressing. We we're talking about some key highs being swept and like we had a, a key area of support that really needed to hold for the bullish case to hold up. And lo and behold, bears got absolutely annihilated. We've seen so many liquidations uh, on the short side. But yeah, since last week, we've seen a 12% rally on Bitcoin, give or take. But I would just point out now, we're probably hitting into like a key profit-taking level for uh, many traders, many investors. It's a, it's the midpoint of the top to bottom. Mm. So we take the bull market higher from last time, what arguably is the bottom of the cycle last couple of months since December, January, um, start of this year, sorry. We're smack bang in the middle right now. So 42K, 42.200, give or take. So from here, it, it all comes down to lower time frames. And if there's lows being put in, are they just being bought up and are we sweeping higher? Because uh, for me, like the next key areas, are, I guess, are the March 2022 high, mm -hmm. uh, as well as just this general key resistance area, which is, again, just previous highs. So previous highs can often act as a bit of resistance on the way up. So and just for the listeners, what is that March 2022 high? That is 48K. 48K. Okay. 48K, just shy of 50. So we've got a bit of runway to 48K, you reckon? We do. And I just, I didn't whip this up earlier, but just to show everyone, um, sometimes what can be a good want to track is options uh just because that's where the smart money generally lies larger volumes big bags all the hits yeah um, there's an options contract that expires on the 29th of december it's the largest one we've got left on the calendar year in terms of notional volume sitting there mm -hmm. and it'll basically just show us that there's a big cluster at 45 to 50k so what I would say then is the smart money, again, may be looking to take profit between now and the end of the year, mm -hmm. anywhere from 40K. Uh, oh, it's changed 40 to 45K. And there is that cluster at 50K. So I'd probably say they're the, the most important price levels to watch at the moment, 40, 45, 50. And then we'll sort of see what we're left with moving into the new year. And I think the biggest narrative right now is just the ETF news. Everyone's trying to front run that. Um, I don't think that's really changed at all. But it's good to see Bitcoin, again, just sucking a lot of the money out from even the altcoins, because that is usually a more sustainable rally market-wide when we do see that sort of price action. So it's been all good things. 
It's been all good things. You know what's interesting? Yeah. Um, this recent rally actually brings Bitcoin into the top 10 of global assets worldwide. Nice. So, And it took over Berkshire Hathaway, who, oh. which you might have heard of. Uh, it's Warren Buffett's company. Yeah. Um, Warren Buffett, a famous, you know, Bitcoin and crypto critic, once said that, you know, he equates Bitcoin to rat poison squared. So the fact that Bitcoin's taken over is a little bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a yeah. fu to to Warren. It's nice. It's nice. Um, but the, who was it? Charlie Charlie Munger passed away. He did. He last did week, last so. week. Yeah. Rest in peace to a legend. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. Lots of good lessons taught. Another little juicy piece of info here. We got Blockstream CEO. Blockstream offered digital asset infrastructure. They're predicting Bitcoin to hit 100k before the halving next year. Nice. So obviously we always talk about the halving being you know one of the big catalysts for you know a bull market. You know often led by Bitcoin. But in this case, they're predicting Bitcoin to have that huge run-up before the halving. Yeah, wow. What do you think? Uh, anything's possible. I mean, I'm the last person you want to ask because I just play things week by week. Mm. Uh, but for me, I think the big one to watch out for is ETF news because I just think that's a good way to bring retail in. And unfortunately, that's where your investment institutional or bigger players will usually dump on retail because they've got the liquidity to exit. Um, that may not happen. I think if you look at, I think there's a whole bunch of memes going on right now where they show a chart of gold and when gold got its ETF, it just went vertical and never came back for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think the general trend for Bitcoin is up no matter what over time, but mm -hmm. what happens in the intermediary, like, you know, leading up to the halvening, post halvening. Yeah. It, I mean, I wouldn't even rule out the fact that we might hit all time highs before halvening. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, like, who the, knows? the thing is, like, there's a lot of speculation that that ETF approval could come in the next couple of months, right? Yeah, I think uh, it's early January. Is yeah, early two January, weeks. a lot of people are predicting. Obviously not guaranteed, but no, that it could come sooner. Yeah, exactly. That would be like a huge catalyst. And like you said, bring a lot of retail back mm. into the market. And yeah, we, we might not have to wait for the halving for that next uh, huge knows, right? uptick. Yeah. But um, I guess this recent rally in Bitcoin kind of leads us to, you know, start looking at the altcoin narratives in the altcoin oh, market because, you know, this is the, what the people want, this right? What the people want. Yeah, you might, want. you might get some juicy gains on Bitcoin, but you'll get the life-changing ones yeah. in the altcoins if you play it smart. Well, that, that's a good point, actually, because last night, I don't know if you were watching it all, but Bitcoin basically had a sneeze that went down maybe 2 3%, mm -hmm. and a lot of altcoins just dropped almost like 15%. Yeah. Just on that tiny little move, and everyone's like panicking. Crazy, uh, right? Crypto Twitter, so it was Crazy. interesting. Crazy, right? Everything follows Bitcoin. So play it smart, like you said. Yeah. So I'm just looking at a few of the narratives um, that have played out over the last sort of 30 days, 60 days, and 90 days. The ones that we're looking at the most here are the Solana ecosystem. We've talked so much about Solana yeah. being a huge narrative this year in particular. Yeah. Um, that's up about 90% in the last 30 days. So huge gains there. Same with gaming. The gaming narrative seems to be coming back a bit. Yep. As well as AI coins. Obviously, like AI has been a huge topic, not just in crypto, yeah, but just not gonna stop, is it? globally. So yeah. they're obviously going to run off the back of that development in the AI sort of scene. So yeah, it's uh, like this is kind of how I want to play this next bull market is find what's what's performing not just like coins but narratives mm -hmm. and use that as part of my strategy over the next sort of 12 months so how would you apply that to yourself like would you just go look at the top market cap and find something that's second or third place and maybe look at that yeah i look for categories and i look for uh like ecosystems for instance anything in solana is running hot right now like yeah. i'd go look at coin market cap or coin gecko and, and understand like what falls within that ecosystem mm. maybe like a few of these coins have already run up what hasn't yep. look into those coins potential trading options and then make my decision from there nice trade yeah. ted what about you 
I mean, it's pretty, pretty similar. Like I, I probably majority stay in some majors. So I'll, I'll probably have bigger allocations in like Solana alone in that example. Mm-hmm. But then I would, yeah, exactly what you're doing. There's sub themes within that theme. So then you'd have like, you know, yield, you'd have DEXs, you'd have meme coins, you'd have NFT platforms. So it's about finding, uh, like, I think a great one to shout out is Bonk. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's basically the Shiba or Dogecoin of the Solana ecosystem. It's hitting all time highs. It's absolutely soaring, but it hasn't even got centralized listings yet. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting one. So you jumped uh, on a ribbit. A little bit Pepe, uh, yeah, a little Solana, bit of, Pepe. There's, there's been some punts had. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's all on on play money. Sorry to call you out there. Small amounts. That's all right. I, I, I shit coin. But, yeah. You know, it's it's all about what I'm happy to lose. Yeah. Um, but I would say, yeah, that's pretty much how I operate. Um, ride the narrative, and then me being technical, I'm always just looking at how certain assets value against other ones. So, like a great one that I'll do is um, I'll take Solana and I'll pair other assets like let's just say arguably doge like i'll do doge versus solana as a mm-hmm. chart and see what that looks like because yeah. if solana's running hot and doge is starting to look strong against solana then you m- might say that's a, a good rotation for you know potentially yep. some capital yeah just an example but cool. so, yeah let's dive into the top movers let's go Oh, it's, wow. It's, it's top movers, but not as you know it. No, exactly. This yeah, is, for anyone, this, is, this is your creation, Ted. For anyone listening on Spotify, um, we're looking at a bunch of bubbles, um, obviously showing the biggest gainers in the last seven days. Um, so the biggest gainers there, what, what are we seeing, Pav? We're seeing Audi, Audi. STX. There's yeah. obviously a, a big narrative around Bitcoin BTC. ordinals and inscriptions there. Yeah, the 20 Yep. That's it. Obviously, Luna, that's the uh, Luna Classic, isn't it? For, yeah. For some odd reason. That's what the big Luna and Luna Classic um, have lot, both. Lot, a lot of infrastructure, TIA, Near, Aptos. They're sort of in, I guess, the next branch of big gainers. Rune has been on on a, on a bit of a run as well. So that's good to see. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, this is just another one of those things that you can kind of understand narratives um, yep. by, you know, it visualizes it a little bit better than, say, looking at a list of assets and what's what's going up, what's just going compare down. compare the bubbles. Compare the bubbles, baby. <laughs> I want to dive into Celestia a little bit because we haven't really touched on it too much and it's been absolutely running hot yep. the last sort of two weeks or three weeks. Uh, launched a few months ago and basically it's it's a modular blockchain. So it's basically a, a new kind of take on what blockchains are. The idea is that it scales more efficiently and quicker and you know transactions are, are cheaper and stuff like that. They all say they're going to do the same thing. But Celestia has a really strong team behind it, and it looks like it's kind of reflecting in its price recently. It's been rallying hard. And I think uh, another one too, like we said it before on the podcast, but you know, if we have had like a day where we dipped like we did today, it's a good day to now look at today, what hasn't dipped as much, what's rallying and recovering faster. Yeah, They're ones you want to put on your watch list, I feel. Yeah, so just to touch on the, the team behind Celestia, uh, the CEO actually founded Blockspace, which was then acquired by Facebook. And then the chief revenue officer, which is, uh, you don't see that too often, he actually was the creator of optimistic roll-ups. Oh, really? So obviously a strong team, which is something that we consider very important yes, when you correct. know diving into the fundamentals of a project or a token. So yep. one to keep an eye out for, for sure. Interesting. Otherwise, just jumping into some news, I guess. I mean, this one sort of was at the top of Twitter today and I just couldn't not bring it up. Um, I don't know if this is a toppy sort of indicator, like these sort of claims being made. You know, Bloomberg predicts SuperCycle will push Bitcoin to 500k. Um, what, what do you think of when you see like articles like this? Does it make you scared? Does it make you hopeful? How you feel, Ted? I think over the years, like this would have been something that pushed me into like, 
FOMO trading. Oh yeah, you know. But now you got kind of got to think a little bit more strategically about these things. And yeah. like, oh yeah, you, like you said, this could be a top indicator. Like this is the sort of stuff that you see when things are going a bit too well. Yeah. Um. In saying that, uh, look, I think they're catching sort of the trend early. You know, we're still early in the cycle. Uh, I don't think things are going to be drastically moving down to the downside anytime soon. So, yeah. Thoughts, Pav? Yeah, no, it's good. Like, I think it's the same. Like, I feel like we're still at the mid to mid end of things starting to get toppy. And like I've always said, halving is when you got to be careful. Like, we're still a few months out from that. So, um, yeah, we'll just want to monitor certain things like this that we'll always keep everyone abreast of. And stuff like the Fear and Greed Index, which is pushing up into those sort of toppy regions as well. So we'll see how we go. But I think when I read into this one a bit further was mainly quoting Brian Armstrong of all things, uh, less uh, the Bloomberg analyst. And it was about how he- CEO of Coinbase. CEO of Coinbase, uh, just talking about how like, you know, valuations are fine. Some he's here, he's hearing valuations of the 53 to 500 K, but to him, it's more like the, mm. this is the greatest opportunity for Western society to really fight inflation. Yep. Um, you know, you yourself can take care of yourself and your, your net wealth long run by understanding Bitcoin and what it does as part of your portfolio. But that would um, surely take Bitcoin well past any other asset, gold, Apple. Well, yeah, it's more scarce than gold, theoretically. Mm. So True. I'm pretty sure Bitcoin's on the cusp of overtaking silver in terms of market capitalization. Really? So yeah. there you go. But mate, you love your SMSFs? No, I just thought this is, you know, a story close to home. Um, yep. SMSFs is something that we offer at SwiftX. You know, we allow people to trade crypto through the SMSFs. And I guess internally, we see a big uptick in terms of SMSF accounts. Like we've, we've put a lot more resources towards those types of accounts. Yep. Um, and so it's no surprise to see that, you know, the number of SMSFs holding Bitcoin or crypto is, is up, you know, 400% since 2019. So a pretty, pretty unique stat there. So I guess it just kind of reiterates that people are starting to see the longevity of, of crypto and in, in particular bitcoin because they're putting it as part of their retirement funds it's not like a oh let's trade bitcoin you know for a quick gain overnight or a quick gain over the next sort of couple of months they're now putting it as part of their retirement portfolio because they believe in 20 30 years time you know things are going to be you know much better than they are now what a sensible approach not looking for quick gains that's it that's it yeah, good uh what else we got making headlines we've got micro strategy yeah, I, I guess back in the news. Back in the news, not really too exciting. This, this is just pretty exciting. I mean, we we've covered this so many times. Just yeah. MicroStrategy buying more and more Bitcoin, just increasing their bag. I think they're they're holding now something close to one hundred seventy four thousand Bitcoin, which yeah. is valued at like over seven billion USD, which is probably just encroaching on your wallet amount uh, yep i wish <laughs> <laughs> um so i think their average price is about thirty thousand dollars so they're now yep. well and truly in the they're profit in the they're in the black um, i know previously yeah. we talked about how they were actually operating in the red mm. um despite their stock price you know going bonkers this year but yeah now they're well and truly in the profit so that they're, they're not worried about anything and speaking of in the profit uh, El Salvador. Yeah, how we good is that? We haven't heard of that in a while. Yeah, um, they've been a bit off the radar. Yeah, because famously they bought Bitcoin at the top of the market, didn't they? And I think they bought it pre and then again at the pretty much tops. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was one of the big, big stories of the last cycle. Yeah. Um, and then everything came crashing down. People were laughing at El Salvador. I think they doubled down and bought even more Bitcoin. And now it's paid off. So they're, they're about $6.3 million in the profit. Not a huge amount, um, but we're just getting started, right? Well, hopefully. Yeah. For their sake too. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Are we in this next cycle? Are we going to get any other 
countries or, you know. We had Argentina, right? That new president, the very flamboyant. So he's he's apparently pro-Bitcoin, but I don't think he said, you know, he's going to implement. Okay. Um, um, I think it'd be cool to see the ETF simmer and settle and land. And then I think from there, I feel like those sort of stories might start coming out a bit more frequently because it's almost set up a playbook on how to do this mm. type of thing. Because I know custody and even settlement, all that stuff is like a big problem people perceive to getting into it from an institutional level. Um, so who knows? I'm sure there'll be in one or two countries. Yeah. Like I'm sure of it. So we did this segment a couple of weeks ago, and I think Tommy was involved in as well, uh, where we pin two coins against each other. Yeah. And just try and understand, you know, from your perspective, from my perspective, what we think is going to give a better return on investment over the next 12 months. So it's not necessarily, oh, what do you think is better, more secure? It's like if you invest $10 today, what's going to give you a better return over the next 12 months? Okay. Starting with a bit of a, bit of a biggie to start with, Solana versus Ethereum. Pav, get us started, mate. Um... It, a lot of it comes down to fundamentals and adoption, but it's definitely Solana, like hands yeah. down. The only thing I would say is an unknown right now that a lot of people may not be aware of is Ethereum. Since they've moved to proof of stake, they now have a deflationary mechanism. So to break that down, the more transactions that happen on the Ethereum layer, more transactions settled, the more Ethereum actually gets burnt and doesn't exist anymore. So that's like a supply shock. Now, couple that with the fact that there's an ETF coming out in the not-too-distant future. They've already announced it, Ethereum spot, spot ETF coming. Mm -hmm. You know, they, again, will have to hold actual Ethereum. Uh, there'll be transactions. There'll be assets moving in and out of custody. And then even on top of that, just, I guess, the adoption story there may cause more people to interact with the Ethereum ecosystem. More and more transactions, less and less supply. Price is a, a combination of market cap and supply. So we could see price really do some things that we're not expecting for Ethereum. Yeah. But I would just say from a opportunistic point of view and just growth and demand and what we're seeing from the community as well right now in the early stages of the bull market, it's got to be Solana for me. Mm -hmm. um, this little website here, marketcapof.com, is a little fun one to play with on a Saturday morning. Uh, you can peg two assets together and you can basically compare what would one be if it was at the current market cap of the second mm. or at the all-time high of that secondary asset too. So at current ETH valuations, you know, it's it's saying that Solana, uh, yeah, about a 10x from here. So 673 would be its valuation if the market cap was the same. Now, let's probably move this, this again. Um pretty speculatory yeah. uh, but like again like the all-time high of ethereum last cycle if solana were to get close or equal to that market cap you know it's a 22x from here so a thousand three hundred and forty seven dollars per solana token is what it's saying so i'm not in any way saying that's what's going to happen but if you were speculating that solana could possibly move higher and higher in the rankings of the market cap mm. start to encroach in that top five and we start to see total market cap return to, you know, exceeding what we saw last cycle. So, you know, we start seeing four trill, five trill in total market cap. Yep. That's when these sort of scenarios become likely. Yep. It's a bit hard to say from here uh, that that's, that's anywhere near certain of happening. Yeah, I think the, um, like the 22X is potentially a bit ambitious, but yep. in terms of reaching ETH's current market cap now, I don't think that's too out of the question. Yep. Like, especially with how Solana's performing now, there seems to be this huge narrative about its, you know, scalability, its quickness, you know, it hasn't had any downtime this year, which was a problem that it had previously yep. so it, it just seems like everything is going for solana right now so yeah, yeah. i mean 
what does Ethereum have going for it? It's got like the network security just Correct. from its sheer size. Like you mentioned, it's got the potential spot ETF approval, yeah. which, you know, similar to Bitcoin would bring a lot more demand and especially institutional demand for Ethereum. It's got the layer twos, which I know we've talked about a lot in the past. It's it's interesting to see like the layer twos, there hasn't really been too much hype around them in recent times. I think that'll come over time. I think it'll come over time. But what a question I asked to you before was, you know, if Solana and Ethereum both launch now, Oh, yeah. Who would perform better? That'd be interesting. They might be closer. Yeah. Like, it could just be the first movie's advantage for Ethereum, totally. Yeah. I, I 100% think that could be the case. Um, yeah. But I guess another thing to add, they both are proof of stake now as well. Mm. But I think the total percentage of circulating supply locked up for Ethereum is higher. So, again, yeah. if we see institutional people moving into the space, buying up spot Ethereum, very, very, very good chance that if they're holding it for six to 12 months, they're just going to stake it and then it's not going to be available on the market to buy or sell. So that could also affect ROI for ETH as well. So in a positive way. Positive way, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, just looking at the year-to-date returns, um, 518% for Solana, only 81% for Ethereum. Yeah, (laughs) only. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, compared to other Compared to, yeah. Yeah. It's... um, but uh, Pav, you, mate, I've got to give you some credit. Like when everyone was counting out Solana at the start of the year following FTX and everything, you you backed it. And I think you jumped on it, what was it, $8 or something? Yeah, I think 8 90 or something. Yeah, and I think we've got the podcast to prove it. Like you were you were always, you know, a supporter of Solana and uh, it's well and truly paid off. Thanks, mate. So well done. Yep, and hence the new shirt. Hence the new shirt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Nice little tie in there. Um, okay, we're going to dive into a few more quick ones. I know we did a bit of a deep dive into each of those there. Uh, next one, Polygon versus Cardano. Yeah, I think Polygon. I mean, Cardano is just, for me, it's the worst delivery. People are going to scathe me. But yeah, I just have no hope in the delivery or roadmap of the Cardano ecosystem yeah. unless something changes drastically there, fundamentally, from their team. I think Polygon, like, they're absolutely, if anyone remembers what happened last market cycle, they were switched on. They had a rebranding, retokenization. They yeah. went ballistic. They did. And they're doing the same thing again. Um, they're rebranding again. Uh, I don't know if Lightning will strike twice, but I would say just their direction with their, uh, I guess, you know, the way they're acquiring partnerships, you know, less on the sponsorship front, but actually from in- infrastructure points of view, like, you know, they're, they're right there offering their zero knowledge roll-up solutions to many of the new projects coming live, you know. Notable things like IMX in the gaming space, everyone's pegging that to be the next big thing. You know, they've they've partnered up with Polygon just for an infrastructure alignment. So yeah, when you say rebrand, um, yeah. what you mean there is the Matic token is rebranding to Pol token, Pol, yeah. and the tokenomics are slightly changing. And I haven't f- read into that. Uh, do you know if they are? Uh, I have. I don't know like how. Or, yeah, okay. I, I've, I need I to just, read that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't do a deep dive yeah. into it. So unless. Unless they're going more inflationary, so like more yield for staking, so that creates more supply, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, but as long as nothing's changed too out of topic, I would say Polygon for me is just going to take Well, it. let's be honest, like a retail audience, they're not going to look into the ins and outs of all that. They're going to just see that Matic is rebranding to Pol, um, going to generate a bit of hype, and surely that alone is going to... Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, and yeah, like not to discount Cardano too much, but I mean, if historically speaking, just have not seen anything other than just pure price moving to way price would move in a bull market the mm. roi doesn't seem as attractive so we'll see well time will tell i could be wrong on this one but that's kind of my take charles hoskinson is is pretty vocal yeah he likes cardano. to throw shade yeah he's pretty much you know just crying out from the rooftop telling everyone that cardano is the best yep. um 
yeah, I don't know how it's gone from yet, but like it's still in the top ten. So oh, it is. Yeah, it's uh, lots, lots of long term holders on that one. Uh, a lot oh, yeah. of people staking. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, just need that network to actually go online and do something. Yes, yeah. cool. You know, that'd be good. All right, next one. Bit of a different one here. Uh, so we're looking at GMX versus DYDX. So this is uh, perpetual decentralized exchanges, right? Yeah. So it's been a narrative, I think, because of Binance getting kicked out of all these different countries, even Bybit being sought after as well for offering derivative products to countries where they shouldn't be. Yeah. For me, it's GMX. And I think that's purely for me, just based off their, they've created their own mainnet now. So they're no longer operating off of uh, a network. It's their own network. So theoretically there could be some more value in that baseline token. Cause that's going to be part of that ecosystem now, which before it was just a token for the token sake operating on the uh, ERC backbone. Uh, but I would say just looking at some fundamentals, like this is a little chart we have from Token Terminal, a uh, great one you can access for free. When you compare the amount of fees generated by DYDX and GMX, uh, it's definitely been GMX outperforming uh, DYDX. So they're roughly the same in terms of market cap at the moment. Um, so, I mean, this is pretty comparable, but it's just something to pay attention to, I guess. We'd want to see like their daily active users and fees, etc. cetera. Uh, one sort of overtake the other. Uh, but what about from a user perspective? Have you used both? I have used both. I think they're much for muchness. If anything, I'd argue and say GMX is easier mm-hmm. to use, a bit more simple, a bit more rounded edges, where yeah. DYDX is a bit more, uh, yeah. bit more to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, mate. Great insights. Oh, great insights. Ho- hopefully helpful. Yeah. Well, uh, we might wrap it up there unless you've got any, uh, you know, sign-offs for us, Pav. No, no sign-offs. Just, you know, don't FOMO, don't chase. Yeah. So what? what's the market come to you? Where do you see us uh, next episode? There's a good argument for a retrace here, but it just comes down to how bullish the bulls want to be. So, I mean... Uh, like I'd love to see Bitcoin go back to at least 40, just do some healthy sidewaysing before going higher again. I, I still think we're going to hit into this sort of 45 plus to 50K range, somewhere in that bracket. Uh, I, I do think that's a reality, but just how long it's going to take us to get there is just it. the question, I guess. We um we just had just straight verticality. Like if you look at weekly for Bitcoin, I think, you know, this week is green as well. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, be the eighth week green which is getting close to unheard of Mm. so yeah we just want to be a bit cautious here i think if bitcoin the best thing that could happen is if bitcoin dominance here which has been also rallying if this were to take a breather and this starts to move away just to have a bit of a correction as well so let's say bitcoin goes sideways and bitcoin bitcoin dominance does something like that where it falls four or five percent that's a a rally all straight into altcoins so we could see just altcoins have their big leg up when something like that happens Uh, but i mean there's nothing stopping this from just breaking out further i still think we're well away from the true cycle um you know something like dominance we spoke about in the past probably needs to get about to the 60 percent region up here um, and, you know, we've seen leading up to the halvenings in the past that there is a bit of a, a cool off beforehand. So we might be approaching that cool off pretty soon. We'll just have to wait and see, unfortunately. But um, that's when, yeah, that's when things get exciting. Absolutely, mate. That's when they, they get the foots on the gas. Love to hear it. Alrighty. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll catch you next week. Cheers. Bye.
Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 